All right, guys, welcome to another edition. I, I wanted to use this episode. I'm just going to focus strictly on Portland and, and, and Lillard. Um, so a, a, couple, a couple of comments on that, right? Um, obviously, we had the what should they do now uh, fiesta. Um, and we kind of did a brief overview of some of the things the team should do. Um, I am so, I just can't, I'm obsessed with this Damian Lillard thing. I can't get over it. And here's why. I, the owners cannot let these GMs just get off the hook. I mean, it is way too obvious why the team didn't do well. Okay? It's it just it painfully obvious. And in any, in any job, if you're a boss, um, what you're really looking for in a lot of your employees, obviously you want to have proactivity and all that. But in terms of just, you know, how to assess yourself... You want to have some level of self-awareness, some level of, of being able to be self-critical. Uh, Neil O'Shea, and by the way, to a larger extent, other GMs have done this too. It's very much like politics where, like, you know, they don't take it on the chin. They, they you know, never say I'm sorry kind of concept. It's just, it's just, it's kind of disgusting to see people in leadership roles just... Not having that ability. It's a basic ability you teach your kids. They don't even have the ability to to explain what they did wrong and, and how they're going to do better the next time. And really just classic how to be a decent human being stuff. Really disgraceful. So Portland, Neil O'Shea, if you don't know, um, has a couple of comments on his press conference. Uh, one of the, the major things he said... I think there's a couple of bullet points. First bullet point, this issue, i.e., the reason why we failed in the playoffs and we lost in the first round, was not due to the roster construction. So he immediately absolves anything, right? Okay. Now, the Kevin Pritchard playbook, if you remember from a few pods ago, was making excuses. And by the way, if you say something like, you know, I'm not someone who makes excuses. And then you proceed to make excuses. You're making excuses. Okay, this whole no Seinfeld's got a great bit on it. Having said that, I'm going to refute the first part of my statement. If you have that uh, conjunction in your sentence, then it, it moots the whole, you know, the whole point. The whole the whole first part of that sentence is, is moot. It doesn't matter what you said. Oh, you're the best person in the world. You know everything's great about you. Having said that, you you know you do suck uh, at a, at a bunch of things. And let me refute these first parts I just mentioned of that. Now I get it when you're when you have an employee or whoever, and you're trying to give them proper feedback. It, it's good to you know you do the Oreo approach, wherever you're like, here's a nice thing you do. Here's the thing you need to improve on. Here's a nice thing you do. Okay. That's fine. But when you're when I'm hearing someone from a press conference giving a a, a a hindsight on what happened in the season, you take when you go the Pritchard route or uh, the Neil O'Shea route, I, I have an issue with you. Neil O'Shea route is far worse. Right? So Neil O'Shea again, not due to roster construction. Dot dot dot. He doesn't let you finish it. But if it's not due to roster construction, you're basically telling everybody, well, the issue was with the coach. Because what else is it? Either 
if the roster is perfect, you know, we had a good enough roster to be better. Um, th- then what is it, right? Uh, and then there's also complacency. So that's that's the first part. So you're blaming on the coach. And by the way, Terry Stotts, some guy on Twitter made this comment. So true. The Portland Trailblazers have a top five, had a top five coach. Terry Stotts is an excellent coach. Top five coach. Um, they, they have some, you know, good continuity there, but a bottom five, a bottom five GM. And, and, and I think, you know, that, that's on the owner to really, uh, stress that. So O'Shea comes across and he's like, look, um, not due to roster construction. So fine. So what's going to happen is you're going to get a new coach, but you haven't done anything. You've solidified your own firing if the team does not get to the second round or better next year. You have. That's a stupid risk to take, by the way, just in terms of, like, intelligence. But it's just not a smart move, right? If I'm the GM there, I'm thinking, like, look, I got to do something fairly drastic. Yeah, there's a chance I lose next year, but at least I made the change. And you do that because you got to look for your future job. So, fine. So, okay. Okay, let's play it off. Let's play it off. Great. Um ownership fires you next year, then, you know, your odds of getting a new role are, are, are really low. At least if you make some moves, you, you look to rebuild, whatever, ownership doesn't see eye to eye, another team is like, you know, that was that was pretty outside the box. We appreciate that, right? So that's one, one annoying thing. The other annoying thing is I just feel bad for this fan base. Portland deserves better. Um... This concept of like being okay finishing well, we made the playoffs a bunch of years in a row, you know, which is very successful. Half the league makes the playoffs. And with the new play in, and Pritchard said this on his uh, post game where he was like, Well, you know, how do you define the play in? Is that making the playoffs? He said, you know, if you're playing for a, a win or go home scenario, that's playoffs. All right, fine. You want to nuance it, great. But then making the playoffs isn't a big deal. Because more than half the league then, if you're counting the play in Make the playoffs. So, right off the bat, those are critical elements, critical stabs with O'Shea, critical stabs with Pritchard. And then, you know, they talk about Lillard, and and, and now they put themselves in a really, really tight spot. Where Damian Lillard is like, all right, if I'm going to stay with this team, who, by the way, is 30, he's under, he's, he's a small guard, 6'2". He's not so small for a point guard, but he's so small side. It's like, if I'm going to stay here, I need to control the situation. So now if you're Neil O'Shea, you lost any power. Lillard, Lillard has it. And, you know, the coach that was trying to bring in a kid, 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 let them get off that wagon, which was, by the way, you know, what, what, a, what a blessing in disguise if there ever was one, for God's sakes. I mean, you're really going to... You bring in Jason Kidd. You keep that same roster, you are guaranteeing to get fired. And by the way, like, I mean, kid, kid is, how does this guy keep getting jobs and be floating around? And, and you talk about recycled coaches, you know, he has not done anything to warrant, you know, getting a further look. Look, if you have two, if you do two bad coaching jobs, with well, the Nets, I mean, it's a mix. But he leveraged that. He, he got Larry Drew fired in Milwaukee to get that job. And he did a poor job in Milwaukee. How do we know when he left, things got better? Not a great sign. 
he didn't do any killer dramas with assistants. You know, he was with the Lakers, finally. Like, nothing to, sh to write home about. No one would call him a quality human being. Is he a good role model for the community? You want, like, sometimes as a coach, you need, like, Mo Cheeks, you know, gets by nicely because he's a great human being. You saw what he did with Portland, uh, saving the girl who, you know, had issues in the national anthem. She couldn't sing. Sing it with her. Great, heartwarming story. They ended up on a lot of um, uh, talk shows together. So at least if you're like, you know, you can play it off a lot of ways. As a coach, when you're looking for a new coach, rather, you look for a lot of things. Maxing out the talent. Uh, the players like you. You do good X's and O's. There's a lot of components. PR role model. I don't know where Kid, kid fits on none of it. He's a dick. Okay. The only thing, he's a freaking, he's an accused rapist. Let's be honest with ourselves here. He's an accused rapist. You want that guy to be the, the role model of the community? That's your head coach? My God. We got problems. We have problems. So they've already, like Portland's already at the whims of Lillard. And again, I like Lillard. I think it is very admirable that Lillard wants to stay in Portland. He's a Northwest guy. You know, he went to Weber State. He didn't go to the biggest university. A lot of times with foreign talent or guys who kind of have a chip growing up and, or, you know, with college recruiting and things like that, they seem to be more likely to stay with small market teams. You saw with Giannis, and now you're seeing with Damian Lillard. The issue is Portland is better off by moving Lillard. They have to. That's the only way you rebuild. If you try to rebuild, the, here's the problem. I mentioned it before. If you have Lillard at point guard, so now I'm a little worse defensively at point. And now I'm doubling down on my poor defense with CJ. And I make, and both don't look better. They both don't look as good. Lillard's value right now is very high. He's 30. And he's about to be on a super max deal. This is the time to deal him. And you can get value. You get great value. Now, again, if I'm Portland, I take the latter approach. A lot of people are like, just do a clean rebuild. Do it like that. I don't know. I don't know about that. I like maxing out my assets. Right? So if you're looking to let's flip the let's flip the script. Flip it. Two scenarios. Scenario one, I am forced to rebuild. I don't call it rebuilding, because rebuilding means kind of you reset or you take two steps back to take three steps forward. But for argument's sake, if you're making the argument, let's try to rebuild around Lillard, what does that look like? Okay, that means CJ's on the block. I mean that's that's the guy. Who else? Who else is there? So if CJ's on the block, let's start thinking through the teams that could be curious about CJ. So one scenario, which I could see in theory, is you do like the disgruntled triangle, okay? I Oh, I love this example. Right In the, in the late 90s, you saw a series of deals where I would say respective positions and talents were just dealt for one another because it's like, this guy's good, but he's kind of being a problem with me. Maybe if we ship him for your problem, that problem won't be a problem for me. I'll take my problem, your problem, my problem. They're all going to be problems. But you saw that. I'll, I'll give you the example. So you saw like the th um, the Vin Baker, Sean Kemp, um, you know, Brian Grant special. Okay? Brian Grant, you know, you could say overall the talents are a little different, right? They'll bring something different to the table. Brian Grant at the time was younger. So, you know, he his, his value kind of increased because of it. Kemp was, was nearing the end. Cleveland was like, geez, this guy gained 90 pounds during the lockout season, for God's sakes. Do we want to retain him? He's kind of at the end, but he's the talent. He's the biggest talent at the time. If you said who was best at the time of the trade, Sean Kemp. But again, 
at the end of that. So you're taking the team, taking the biggest risk is willing to take him on to get the talent. And then Vin Baker is probably your safest pick. So what happens in that three-way? Baker goes to Seattle. They're willing to, they want the safer guy. They got Gary Payton locked up long-term. We know how that ended up. I'm not even going to talk about the Chris Wallace, Shamon Williams, Celtics deal, whatever. Brian Grant goes to Cleveland. They're young. They have a... Um, um, well, he doesn't really go. It was a whole slew of trades. But, um, you know, Cleveland's younger. They want to unload Kemp. They, they're coming off a, a, a post-lockout season when they started four rookies. People forget about that. They had four rookies. And they and they, um, they made the playoffs. They had Brevin Knight, Derek Anderson, Cedric Henderson, and Sergio Sosgaskis. Okay? And then Sean Kemp, the other starters, who... Played in the All Star team that year, so they deal him. They got younger, fine. Well, a lot of a whole ramification of swaps. You have those scenarios that happen, so it's kind of like disgruntled talents just dealing with with each other. Another great example is the Sam Cassell stuff on Marbury, Terrell Brandon. Again, that triangle. You know, um, Milwaukee, Minnesota, constantly getting involved with those guys. New Jersey, right? So Cassell going to New Jersey, Marbury. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I'm getting myself confused, right? There's just like these triangle, basically disgruntled towels in similar range getting moved. Okay, I bring that up because that's the only, that's the realistic option for CJ. So now you have to analyze, okay, great. Who are, and CJ's not disgruntled, but he's like a trade block guy. He, you know, he needs to be dealt for another guy to a, another team that's like looking to retool, basically. And they also have a shooting guard. Luckily for Portland, there are teams out there that seem to be in this shooting guard retooling weird, awkward phase to an extent. That could be the CJ range. Okay, so you have Chicago with Zach Levine. I'm not saying, calm down, people, calm down. I am not saying you're going to get Zach Levine for CJ McCall. I am not saying that. But again, it's the framework, the construct I can see there. Miami. Miami wants to get a massive upgrade at the two. They seem to be pushing Tyler Hero. Finally. Yeah, a year late. I'm not going to go through my whole tirade on don't get high for your own supply, one of the GM flaws, which is you overrate your young talent. I'm not going to mention that here. But again, you could get Hero and maybe Drogic in a sign trade. Drogic has to go somewhere else because you have Damian Lillard. But again, that's a construct. Levine, construct. Hero, construct. Okay. What are the other constructs? I don't know. You need to maybe McCollum is enough to him and something else and adding some sweeteners. Does that get you to the, the Simmons level of Philly, depending on what happens with them and this Atlanta series or them in the playoffs in general? Another, another question. Can he get to that level? But your options are pretty limited, right? Now, the other thing with McCollum, so, again, that's similar. the similar talent range is basically, this reminds me of, again, the Kemp of Brian Grant and Vin Baker concept, where it's McCollum, Levine. Levine's probably your highest risk, highest reward guy. Hero and the Miami situation is where if you, if you double down on youth, which, again, doesn't really make sense because a little of it is 30. So which route do you take with McCollum is, is big, right? Which route do you take? Very, very important. So that, that's the first thing you have to solve. Now, again, 
if you're thinking outside the box, I, I say, hold on a second. I say, let's take a step back and let's breathe. Okay. If you're Portland, you have to be self-aware of what's been happening the last few years. And again, that, that happens on the, the defensive end. You're, you need two-way talent. Your defense has been bad. Robert Covington is not enough to pick up the slack for everybody else. So if you're going to move Lillard, now incrementally, if you swapped McCollum for Levine, this is like the problem. How much better are you incrementally? That's the first question. The second question is, are you bringing back Norman Powell? So if you say, and again, O'Shea, in my mind, is going to bring back Norman Powell. Because he's the, he's a stubborn motherfucker. He is going to double down on his bullcrap. So if he's like, hey, I, I traded Gary Trent Jr., which was a bad deal for Norman Powell, he's going to double down. He's going to give Norman Powell a ton of money. Four years, 110 at least. So if you're bringing back Powell, and see, like you, you need to get a small Ford at least for CJ McCollum, at least. So if I'm if I'm Portland, the the construct deal that I talked about doesn't actually work. I need to get a two way three. I do. That's the only thing that makes sense. So then, if you're looking for a three for McCollum, what are your options there? Like most people. Everyone, like, you know, you're not going to get Jalen Brown. That's not going to happen from Boston. No way. Let's go through it. So, team by team here. All right, let's see. Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte. No, I mean, like, you know, none of this makes sense. Do you do a draft day deal? Maybe you move up and get, maybe you take a shot at Scotty Barnes, who's going to fall to six or seven in the draft. And you do a three-way with a team like, I don't know, Cleveland, who, if they fall out of the top five, may they're not going to want McCollum. But they're going to maybe be interested in what the third piece goes for him. But it depends on the other team. So the most logical guy out there is probably Brandon Ingram. Now, Brandon Ingram's value is, is higher than McCollum's. It is. And again, similar construct. He's younger. He is signed to a crazy deal. But it doesn't... You're going to have to add for Portland. And you already got rid of your picks for the Covington deal. You got nothing to give. What do you do? If you're O'Shea, do you take back another bad contract? Like uh, Steven Adams? You could do Nurkic and McCullum. And like what? Robert Covington maybe you have to dangle too? It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. Ingram Ingram itself also, to be honest with you, you might say out loud, oh, that makes sense. But it doesn't really. It doesn't really. It doesn't. And how do we know it doesn't? Because, again, him and Zion don't work. You don't need more offense with the team. They average like 140 points a game. And Lillard and Powell is pretty good. If you if you surround Lillard with, with good off-the-ball talent and some two-way defense, maybe you can sneak into a top-four seed in the second round. And, and that's your, your really only goal. So, again, what, what are we doing with McCollum here? So, that's one option. One option is Ingram. An interesting option I would look at, and, again, I'm going to get blazed by Knicks fans. Blazed. I am, I get it. Is R.J. Barrett. I, look, I don't think you're going to get him. I don't think the Knicks would do that. Having said that, ah, going to the 360, going to the first part of my, my point. 
Having said that, if New York wants to win next year and they get a, a they get Kawhi Leonard free agency or something like that, now McCollum either in a three-way with Levine or whatever, that's not bad. So R.J. Barrett is a guy I, I look at. I want to get basically, if I'm Portland, my here's my goal with Lillard. Lillard plays a little more off the ball, but he's, you know, so a Simmons makes sense, a Barrett makes sense. I want a three that can handle, play two-way. Kyle Anderson's nice. I want a, I want a better version of that. That would be the ideal target. I, I don't know if it's if it's possible. Let's keep going down the list with them. So again, who's who's you know? You're not getting that guy. That's the bottom line. I mean, like Indiana. I mean, like no one's giving you any value. L.A. The L.A. teams, no. Miami, Milwaukee, no, no. Middleton, maybe. Okay, that's actually kind of interesting. Middleton is an interesting guy, but again, Middleton's got more value than McCollum. He does. He'd be great. He would be a great pickup. He's got he's got more value. That's the problem here. There's really like yeah, you're you're just you're forcing a McCollum deal by keeping Lillard. You have so many more options with Lillard. You think of thirty Lillard trades. Right, so, so, okay, so you're keep so they have Sacramento, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm literally, I'm, I'm top of my head, San Antonio, Toronto, I don't, I don't see any, any construct there. But it, it, your hope is, again, your hope is, um, I don't, again, I'm thinking out loud, like maybe, maybe get involved in Reddish and Hunter in some way, I don't know. So, but you have to deal McCullough, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And if you can't get Simmons, which I don't think you can, you shouldn't be able to, I should say. Maybe you deal Covington and then you get Simmons. All right, that's an option. Ugh, so it's so such a bad situation. They're just a purgatory hell that they've done on themselves. This is just laughably horrific. Horrific situation for Portland. And we couldn't even get past it. Like we, we, you're signing Powell. You have Lillard. I can't even get you a three for for or a four for McCall. I can't even do it. Maybe a power forward. Okay, so let's go that route. We talked about small forwards coming to can play the three. All right. Can you get a four or even a five for McCall? The guy that that floats to to the mind is, um, and I'm, I'm actually going to say this out loud and, and not laugh. Is Kristaps Porzingis? Now you're gonna you have to give up. More if you're Dallas. Dallas would love that deal. But again, like, Dallas doesn't have their picks either. They're not going to do that. Dallas isn't in, you know, great shape by any means, but they're I think they're better shape than Portland because they have Luka, who's young and improving. So that's out. You're not you're not getting Porzingis. Okay. Um, what else? Who else are you going to get? For, for CJ, can you get a center or, or, or a power forward? Say Chicago, uh, Cleveland. I mean, again, Cleveland's got too many small guards. They give you Kevin Love in their pick. That's great. You said you got Kevin Love and Scotty Barnes for Kevin Love uh, for CJ. I'm probably probably doing that deal. But if they go to the sixth pick or whatever. But again, 
You know, all right, let's 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 play that game. So let's assume Cleveland. You do a three-way, you know, hero and whatever goes to Cleveland because they're rebuilding, or they're not really have to do the deal. Um, and you somehow get Kevin Love, and again, they're not doing this. So they have a top five pick. You get their sixth pick. You get Scotty Barnes. All right, so I can live with that. I can't different at least. But I could, I could completely live with it. So that's one, um, that's one wacky idea. Pretty wacky. I mean, it's just such a train wreck. God, so bad. And again, that's just CJ. Now we have to keep going. I couldn't even find anything for CJ. So I got a recap, like. Maybe it's this thing for Atlanta, where you got Hunter and Reddish. These deal constructs are so hard because CJ is not an easy guy to deal because he's like a small two guard, which makes it just makes it tougher. It's just it's just exhausting. I can't even find a, a team with a center, which is the easiest position to get now uh, in the NBA. Look, unfortunately for them, I think you you might consider a Porzingis. I don't know. Just to make like the rest of the lineup make sense. It's crazy. Crazy. If I'm doing that, I'm going to add Nurkic into it and get Josh Richardson. Again, might as well. Um, but I got, I got a lot worse for that reason. And I only do that if Dallas gives me more picks. I don't know why is Dallas going to do that. They're a disaster. Neil Shea, horrible. So now let's keep going. So now McCollum, I can't. I can't deal him. I, I couldn't. And again, this is the trade guru. I'm the trade guru. I can figure out deals for everybody. Okay? There's... there's. I threw it out there. There's stretches. You you, you try. It's, it's very tough. So now Nurkic. Okay, well, great. So now... Uh, Nurkic... Uh, is not... It's just not... The book value is so low. Um, he's getting paid a little more than 12 contract's not bad, and he was impactful for you, and teams don't need centers. So, unfortunately, I think you got to keep Nurkic. I just think he's unmovable. Like, maybe Charlotte's the only team, but you're not there. I think you got to keep Nurkic. You can't move him. Covington is interesting. So, let's say, is Covington the guy that, all right, he could be. He increased his value from last offseason, and he had to deal two picks just to get him. So, I... I really don't know. I really don't know. It is so much simpler if Lillard's... You could easily do the Harden offer with Philly. You get Simmons, and you regroup. Then everyone maxes up their value. This is not hard. Not hard. I want to flip to Indiana, which is the other disastrous situation due to, due to what Pritchard said. So Kevin Pritchard made a couple of points on Indiana. One point in his press conference was, well, free agents don't come here. You know, it's Indiana. We're not going to lure free agents. It's not an excuse. Not. If you make yourself a winning team, again, Greg Monroe, you know, now he's an afterthought, but, you know, he once was a, uh, a compelling free agent. And the Knicks offered him a contract, and so the Milwaukee Bucks. And he chose the Bucks because they were a winning franchise. You get there if you win. The other issue with Indiana, this is really weird. 
Indiana. Do you know the last time Indiana had a top three pick? Do you know what it was? Last time? Rick Smiths in 1985. That team is unwilling to rebuild. All right? Now, granted, it's because they had a decent, you know, they're kind of the Portland of these. Portland, Indiana is like they are just mirrors of each other. Just switch the conference. Throughout their histories, really. They've had deep runs. They've had these long playoff successes to an extent. They've never, you know, they've made the finals, you know, once or twice. And that's it. And that's it. And they've had some, you know, disgruntled characters. Ron Artest, uh, Stephen Jackson, and obviously Rasheed Wallace, David Stoudemire. So, again, if you're Indiana, what's going on? So, if I'm Indiana, actually, they have a construct to an extent. So they have good two-way talent. They play hard on defense. And I do agree with, with what Pritchard was saying, um, the, the COVID excuse. I mean, I think they got decimated by it. He blames mainly the, most of the season on T.J. Warren being out, which is, you know, he was saying, hey, Warren was our guy that covered bigger forwards like Giannis and Tatum in the conference. I mean, you can't rely on, on, on that, but they looked good when they were healthy coming off the, the bat, and they have a Tessa Levert full term. So, like, they have a better um, – I would say they have a better reason than, than most others to just kind of run it back to an extent. The issue that Indiana has, they got to split their bigs. Okay, so if you're splitting your bigs, in my opinion – um, I think Turner needs to go to Charlotte for my, for Bridges and their pick. Now, Turner's value should have improved. He had a great year, led the league in blocks. That's a home run deal for Indiana. You get a little younger. The problem is going to be without Sabonis. So, again, I don't believe um, I don't even love Sabonis there long term. I do a couple of moves. And I'm building through the draft a little bit. So again, I have the 12th pick in the draft. I'm looking at Cleveland. I swap 12 and Sabonis and I move up for love and like five. Crazy. I'm crazy. Okay, you got Kuzminga who's coming out. Jalen Green, whoever, you get that prospect in the draft. Kevin Love, I think, is a reclamation project. The Turner deal. All right, I have, um, I get Bridges, and I move Turner for Bridges and Charlotte's pick, which is going to be around, I think, 11. So now, if I'm Indiana, I got something cooking. I basically have a good win now team. I can play that game. I got Brogdon, Lavert. Um, T.J. Warren is still there, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Bridges, T.J. Warren, and Goga, let's say. That's your starting five. And then you you, you, you can keep McConnell. You can bring him back. He can be cheap. No one's going to really stab you for him. All right. Still got your space. You still got Holiday. Still got Jeremy Lamb, who could have some value. And I saw the fifth. And I still got Shaper shirt. And I got the fifth. An 11th pick, or the 6th and 11th pick. I take a stab at Scotty Barnes. I can take a stab at uh, Giddy. 
maybe at 11. Uh, Zara Williams at 11. And I, and I retool that way. So I'm a team right off the bat that's still going to be in playoff contention with upside because I have two lotto picks. And my hope is that Kevin Love is reclaimed. If he does, who knows? I like that plan for Indiana. So I have defense at the perimeter, offense up front. I'm obviously starting Love, Warren, Bridges, Lavert, Brogdon. It's interesting. Does it work? I don't know. It's interesting. Off the bench, I go Goga, Brashert. I make sure two of my lotto picks are in the rotation. And I got McConnell. I didn't even mention Holiday and Lamb, who got value. If I want to do another move, if I'm uh, Indiana, I like this is an Aton special. I like Lamb. I like dealing. I would deal Lamb and Holiday for Montrose Harrell and Kyle Kuzma. And Lakers fans could suck it because they'd be lucky to do that deal. And I take a flyer, Kuzma. Right? I get a lengthy wing. And, um, and Harrell could be a great backup big. On the other side, I can consolidate on draft day. If I have 6 and 11 or whatever, maybe I move up. Maybe I can sneak in and get something interesting. Mobley, who knows? Regardless, um, it's, it, that's a great route. That's a route that if things hit, I could get into contention. That's how you do it. GMs. Kevin Pritchard. TJ Warren's the answer. My God. Now, Indiana, he makes a good claim a couple times. I'm actually giving him a lot of credit here, even though I just shat on him. He makes a couple of claims. Pritchard does. One is, you know, Indiana, we're going to go deep. In this case, they would. Our eight are better than your three. Our ten are better than your four. Whatever you want to call it. Our five are better than your two. So if you go Brogdon, um, Lavert, Bridges, Warren, Love, McConnell, uh, impactful rookie, Zyre Williams, Scotty Barnes, O'Shea Bershirt. It's like a nightmare rotation with Goga kind of leering, Holiday leering, Lamb leering. You could, um, and then forget the, even if you got Kuzma and Harrell, that's a deep, deep team. You go 11 deep, you ensure there's no injuries, you know, everyone's efficient, everyone feels good. That's a fun, deep team. That's a classic Indiana team. Let's play it out with, with the trade. So I do Holiday and Lamb for Kuzma and Matras Harrell. Play it out with the deal. So my, my starters stay the same. My bench is McConnell, um, Kuzma. Let him score a little bit there, wherever. Uh, let's say it's let's say it's Zyre Williams. All right. Let's say let's say I got Giddy. Let's say I got Josh Giddy. So I'm not keeping McConnell. Let's say I got Giddy and Zyre and um, um and and Moody or, or Zyre. Yeah. Let's say it's Zyre Williams for, for argument's sake and Josh Giddy in the draft. Or, sorry, Scotty Barnes and Josh Giddy. Let's do that. I got 11 and 6. I'm taking 11 and 6. So off the bench, I'm getting Giddy, Kuzma, Barnes, O'Shea Bershirt. I play a nine-man rotation. Oh, sorry, and Montrose Harrell. That is a killer 10-man rotation. I got veterans. I got youth. I got flexibility in the perimeter. What about weaknesses? Help D is not great. 
Goga is my only shot blocker. I got Scott Barnes. I'm hoping he could, could defend a bit. Again, it's an it's an interesting concept. But again, as a team, you go 10-11 deep, depending on how you look at Goga. And, you know, you, you develop talent that way. You're, you're big. I, I, I like it. I like it. Is your shooting a little weak? Well, you got Kevin Love. You got Warren. Um, you know, Brogdon can hit. Lavert can hit. I don't know. It's, it's a mix. You know, Bridgers develops a little bit. It's a really interesting idea. Go uber deep. But if I'm rolling out like that, that 10 man rotation, Brogdon, Karis Lavert, Bridges, Warren, Love, off the bench, I got Harrell. O'Shea Burchard, uh Scotty Barnes, Rosario Williams, whatever, and, and, and Kuzma and Josh Giddy. What a great 10-man rotation. What a fun 10-man rotation. Uh, I'm going to get after you defensively. You know you're going to be in for a night. You know Kevin Pritchard talked about the lunch pail component. You know if you're coming in, there's going to be length, really lengthy team. I like that. I like it. Everyone's positioned to be successful. I like it a lot. Well, I might know that Pritchard more. You know, so again, he's not even in the same boat as Neil O'Shea, who's just dreck, as the Eastern Europeans say, in my opinion. What O'Shea, uh, what, what Pritchard did that was bad was, mm, again, it was more of the excuses thing. So again, saying free just can't go to Indiana, check. Um... Uh, blame saying, you know, the criticalness of TJ Warren, who does he even like the coach? I don't even know. Um, talked about how, you know, a lot of great individual performances. All right, fine. But again, I don't like this notion of like, well, we made the playoffs. Look at our playoff success. We made the playoffs. You know, we've been really good. We've made the playoffs. I mean, you're basically telling the public. You're not Sacramento. Okay. That's what you're saying. Or, or maybe Charlotte. Like, what teams are worse? What teams really haven't, like, made the playoffs at all? The New York just did. So, like, every team, like, it's just so silly. Like, half the teams make it. Like, if your goal, like, you can imagine, as you're, you're, you know, as a, as a teacher, your students, like, your goal is, like, well, you know, I, I, I had above average uh, grade. Last four tests. Yeah, dude, like, the average is a C. We're trying to get you into college here. God. The whole thing died. Just, just get bothered by it. So these GM, these GMs got to go. Again, Kevin Pritchard's got to go. Got to think outside the box. Got to go. My other issue, issue with Pritchard and, and Lillard, and I'll end with this point. The ability to fail to recognize... Your weaknesses and strengths. We talked about failing to recognize your weaknesses. Portland, understanding the weakness was defense. And that's what you need to improve. Okay. Indiana, not fully understanding really what the weakness is. Um, you know, and, and I think there it's rotation flexibility, defensive flexibility a little bit, the uh, alpha uh, offensive guy. You know, they don't really. I won't say. I, I wouldn't blame KP as much as O'Shea there. But what your strengths are is bigger as well, just as big, if you will. So for Portland, 
I, I think they recognize how Lillard's a strength, per se. Okay, they, they see that part. Yay, he's a strength. Sure. But what are some of the other strengths? So, Covington was obviously a strength. I don't, I don't get the sense. And again, actually, you know, to be, to be frank, it's actually opposite things. I think um, O'Shea, I should say it better. O'Shea doesn't recognize um, O'Shea doesn't recognize the the um, the weaknesses. KP doesn't recognize the strengths. That's what I meant. So O'Shea doesn't recognize the weaknesses, defensive flexibility. KP, Pritchard in Indiana, doesn't recognize the string, and that's Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is criminally underrated. And the way you get to criminally versus really underrated is if your own team doesn't rate you accordingly. Your own team is sliding you. Can you imagine? It's your own team. They practice with you. They see your full worth. And they don't even see, like, this guy's pseudo-all-star. Like, what are we doing here? Then you're criminally underrated. Malcolm Brogdon is criminally underrated. He, he leaves Milwaukee. Milwaukee doesn't even re-sign him, right? They, they again, if you're not going to pay up in the NBA, if you're an owner, don't be stingy. Like, if you're not going to pay up for a guy that warrants it and, and another small market team, like Indiana, snatches him from you, shame on you. You don't deserve to contend. Indiana had it. They had Brogdon. Like, they lost him for nothing. Like, you don't want to retain him? Why are you owners? Like, give it to a, a, a group that's going to actually pay for talent to come back and, and, and that the city, you know, city needs that. The city deserves that. So, Brogdon slighted in, in Milwaukee. And I think the issue in Milwaukee, in my opinion, was he was playing um, out of position. That to me was uh, was the big concern. That he was playing out of position. So, okay, playing out of position is great. In Indiana, he also kind of started out playing out of position. They had Aaron Holiday there; they kind of liked. Uh, obviously, they liked McConnell as well. And then he accidentally. Because, you know, Holiday didn't do so great in training in the uh, beginning of the year and um, what have you. He kind of accidentally became a starting point guard and killed it in that role. And I'm not sure, I'm not positive that everyone recognized that, how good he was in that role. Because again, if you're um, if you're if you're point guard, right? If you're playing uh, point guard, okay. You're defending that position well. You're 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 doing some offense. And he did a great job at point guard. He didn't get he didn't get credit for it. his wins produced was through the roof at point guard. 
So Indiana, I think, has their point guard. But do they know that? Do they know they have the point guard? I don't know. I don't know. Brogdon's just super slighted. Super slighted historically. It's criminally underrated. So again, not understanding your weaknesses. It's just a lesson of bad management that we're seeing here. And again, both both markets deserve better. And the reason why, it's not an excuse. This is why they're not winning. It's KP and O'Shea. Portland and Indiana are small markets. They've had successes as franchises. Till they remove the GMs, it's moot. If they need one, you know where to reach me. Until next time.